Absolutely. We're, we're so focused here in society around, for example, Facebook and social media and what the Russians did to influence our elections. But I think, if anything, we need to be much more concerned about what our American journalists are doing to influence our elections. They're not giving objective analysis and facts so the American people can analyze those facts and make their own conclusions. This is this is more better. This is done much better than what the Russians ever did in their own country with uh, government-run media. We've done it to ourselves. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our National Armstrong Williams Show and our Strongcast, where the spotlight is on the media, its institution, and trustworthiness. Um, last week. Everyone was first flabbergasted when it was reported by BuzzFeed that Trump instructed his lawyer, um, Cohen, to lie. And it just created an uproar, not just only in the United States, all around the world. The first thing the Democrats started talking about was reviving the conversation about impeaching the president. And then within 24 hours, something happened that it was unprecedented. Mueller's uh, spokesperson issued a statement saying that BuzzFeed's reporting was inaccurate. How is it that media is so much at stake, government, trustworthiness, the office of the president, the U.S. Congress, how could journalism, with all their research, all their resources, all their fact-finders, how could get, they get something so wrong? Is it intentional? Is it narrative that the president puts out often? that it's fake news and the media is out to get him and destroy him, and they're willing to lie and corrupt and set up false accusations with phony people that they call anonymous. I mean, what is going on? Our institution is really in question. I wanted to invite Amber Athey, who's a reporter with The Daily Caller, and Shelby Emmett, a constitutional law expert. But let me just tell you, talk about the significance of the special counselors. Um, rebuttal statement, Shelby. Well, what's important about this is that as an attorney, as special counsel, why these things are created in the first place is because what you are usually dealing with is a political situation, right? You've got Republicans, you've got Democrats, you've got everyone focused on their power and their party. So the whole point, what's supposed to happen is your special counsel is supposed to be objective. It's why we are attorneys. You are to look at the facts and investigate the facts and use your objectivity not your emotions and not your political affiliations in order to get to the truth. And what this is basically saying then is either that investigation in and of itself is just as political as the Democrats and the Republicans, or it's not. And if we cannot trust that the special counsel is being objective, then what you have to really truly ask yourself is, what is the point in any of this? If we can't even trust the entire point of having that process to begin with. So how is it that an institution like BuzzFeed, Amber, from your research, your understanding of journalistic ethics and integrity. Did they know the story was wrong in the first place? They did not care? They assumed that the special counsel would never uh, take them to task, and by the time the story realized that it had no legs, it would have been too late, and the damage would have been done? Uh, is journalism corrupt? Or did they just sources use them in their attack on the president and tr Trump? I think the problem is, is that journalists aren't holding themselves to the same standards that they did prior to the Trump administration because they're so desperate for a lot of these stories about the Russian collusion narrative to be true. 
So in this case, BuzzFeed relied on two anonymous sources, which for a story of this caliber usually would never be enough to make it to publication. And then the reporters admitted that they hadn't seen the supposed evidence of Trump directing Cohen to lie for themselves. So they were relying on these two law enforcement individuals to relay the evidence to them. And as a journalist, you should always be asking to be able to see a copy of that yourself. And then Mueller's office comes out with this statement, which is hugely unprecedented. They've never commented on reporting like this before, which tells you just how inaccurate this BuzzFeed report was. And they undermine the entire premise of the report. So I think the problem here is that journalists are jumping to conclusions and relying on minimal anonymous sources to make these claims, as opposed to in the past, you might want something like three or four sources. You probably want someone on the record or on background. And you definitely, definitely want to review that evidence yourself. Let's talk about the law enforcement officers who are purportedly were their sources. Did they work for Mueller? Who are they? That's the problem. We don't know. They didn't, we don't know? They didn't really characterize them very well in the report. They claimed that they were people who uh, were, at the very least, prior to the Mueller investigation when Comey was still the FBI director, they were people who were involved in this part of the investigation. But they were named only as investigators. They weren't named as Mueller investigators. So we're not even really clear on who these people are. And so BuzzFeed keeps saying how confident they are in their sources, but they're not explaining to the American people why we should be confident. How were these law enforcement officials able to see the evidence, the emails, to convince them that the president instructed his attorney to lie in the first place? Shelby? Well, that would make one, I think, assume that they must be at least close enough to the investigation where they were interacting with the evidence that they're supposedly giving to the media. What I think is more important here and what's scary about this is imagine if any of us were under investigation. When you're working in an investigative process, you are not supposed to go and run to the media and feed information like this. Why? Because you're putting the entire integrity of the, the outcome of the investigation in jeopardy. If this was an actual prosecution, this is red meat for any defense attorney to say, wait a minute, how can you even trust? This is why you have to have a, a chain of evidence, make sure things are sealed, make sure that uh, people have access to attorneys and they're asked questions, and blah, 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 blah. We have this whole system to protect people. So if and when something actually ends up in a courtroom, or if a person is actually in trouble with the United States government, they have those adequate protections. Here, it seems like the very people who are, again, supposed to be objective, look at the information, and then not spew it to, i.e., already ruin somebody in the court of opinion. They've already put such a dark cloud over this that even if, let's say, it leads to the fact and everyone says Trump did do something, the majority, I think, of most Americans aren't going to believe it. And so what does that even mean? Now we have no integrity in the system. And even if Trump did something or not, most Americans would probably still report him because this could, if this can happen to the President of the United States, it surely is going to happen to you and it could happen to me. Now, let me tell you a deeper ethical uh, and moral issue that we have here, which we often don't speak enough about, Amber. The media elite, the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, USA Today, Bloomberg, the networks, and Congress. There were people in Congress that were already aware that this story exists. They had been briefed. They knew exactly how explosive it was. Because once the story broke, everybody played their role. None of the institutions corroborated it. They just took BuzzFeed because they wanted to. They wanted this story. And it was already in place that members of the 
new Democratic leadership or had legitimacy to impeachment. All this was laid out. But there was one problem. They were absolutely convinced, it never crossed their mind, that Mueller would have the integrity of his office and say, no, let's stop this. This is not accurate. In fact, it's inaccurate. That's exactly right. These news outlets immediately jumped to push the idea of impeachment, of charging the president with obstruction of justice before they had ever confirmed BuzzFeed's reporting yourself. And it's a cardinal rule of journalism that you should go based on what you know, what you're reporting, and not what you can't. But what about all the other troops? What about all the other institutions that had the information that could have done their own investigation, but they were ready to pounce? They were just waiting on on a Friday for BuzzFeed feed the breakfast store, and they did. What role do they play? And what is their accountability in this? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And the thing that, as a constitutional law attorney, what really scares me about this is. You had the same journalists running their mouth when Trump was, didn't allow Acosta to speak and all of this, oh, the First Amendment, we're here to protect the Constitution, we're here to be a light that shines on government. And that is true. The press is incredibly important for democracy and for our republic, which is why it's specifically stated that we have a free press in our First Amendment. But when the free press is literally now part of the dark state, as Trump would call it, now what do we have? We have nobody shining light on whatever cover-ups may be existing, whether it's a Republican president, a Democratic president, you have governments now that, like you said, from senators to congressmen to journalists, that just found this a natural, easy way to go. And I think it goes right back to what Trump and so many of the American people were saying about this, is no one's listening to us. DC is operating in its own governmental system. And there is no constitutional republic of, of check and balances anymore. And part of that, main part of that, is because of our, journal, our journalistic society today. They don't feel like they are objective arbitrators of society. They feel like they are a part of the system, and therefore they're going to write the narrative. Well, let me tell you a deeper issue, and this is more for someone like us who are in the media on the ownership and the reporting side. You know, when the story broke, I never questioned it. I was asked about it on live television. I couldn't find a way to talk about it. It's because I was so shocked. We put so much faith, even though we don't trust these institutions, it's true. But when they report it, we ourselves want to believe it and not question it enough. So what do we do going forward when we have these stories breaking? What role do we play? Right. I mean, as someone who covers media, I think it's always important to be skeptical and raise these kinds of questions immediately uh, because, of course, we don't want to believe that our fellow colleagues in the media, that fellow journalists would have a story like this that they're willing to run with that's so inaccurate. So we don't want to throw them under the bus. But at the same time, if we're not able to independently confirm, if we haven't seen the evidence ourselves, then I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, But we also don't want to appear to be sycophants for the president, exactly. that we always are trying to protect him. If the facts are in front of us, we don't want to report it. And if it was somebody, if it was a Democratic story, we would have pounced on it. I think we're all guilty of the same thing here. Yeah, it's and, a really and, tough balance. Yeah, how do we make this disappear? Because we all have the same issue. It, it, it would have been a story probably about the Clintons, about Bernie Sanders, about Elizabeth Warren. It would have been easier. How do we ourselves become better and our own integrity and professionalism where people trust us. I think the number one thing is that we have to do better reporting. 
I mean, when you have people who support the president immediately coming out and calling the BuzzFeed report fake news right off the get-go, and then you have Democrats talking about impeachment, you clearly have this huge partisan divide um, where the president calling the media fake news um, leads some people to automatically discount reporting out of hand, and then you have other people who are so against the president um, that they're willing to believe anything regardless of whether or not you should be skeptical of that report. And the media just needs to do a better job of reporting because if they release stories that are accurate and aren't constantly reporting these Russia bombshells that turn out to be anything but, then the president's attacks on the media wouldn't hold water and people wouldn't feel this way. You know, what about the, the legitimacy about what Mueller is reporting on that often gets lost? But even deeper than that, Shelby, this has a very interesting Machiavellian twist to it. Because, you know, Mueller, he's very savvy in his own way, sent a message to the left and the right. I'm not like you. You may try to describe me in the media. I may never speak for myself. But I'm not out to destroy the president. I'm not here to allow on the president. I'm going to report the facts, whether you do it or not. And if you push me enough, when you get really bizarre and you threaten the office of the president talking about impeachment, I am willing to issue a statement. In other words, I'm better than you are. It only helps his credibility, though, Shelby, going forward in this investigation. Absolutely right. It's the same thing you all were discussing previously about journalists themselves. If Fox News is running a story that's just attacking the left and it's not something that needs, it needs to be verified, the journalists at Fox News need to stand up and push back on their peers. If this is BuzzFeed, I'm sure there are great reporters at BuzzFeed that generally care about journalism and, and believe in the principles of journalistic behavior. They need to push back on their colleagues. Same way at CNN. It can't be the right going after the left and the left going after the right. It has to come from the people. And this is the same thing happened in Congress. I think everybody up there in D.C., left and right, was very, very terrified of Trump because he was this outsider that didn't really care about the right and the left and the politics. He was going to do his own thing. And both sides are terrified of it. And the media, I think, is just part of that big clash. But if one, two, three more people just start sticking to principles and doing what they're supposed to do, that might give people who are a little more timid to stand up the courage to actually stand up. So are we at a crossroads where we can't trust this Mueller investigation and maybe he's not in the back pocket of anybody because I've said things that after what happened recently has really made me step back and say maybe we don't know Mueller. Maybe both sides are trying to use him for their own agenda and every now and then he just gives us, us a sleep review to say I'm independent. I'm only dealing with the facts. Yeah, I think it's important and people have been saying this ever since the BuzzFeed report got blown up is we need to wait for Mueller's report before we can start bashing it. And I've been guilty of this as well because I think um, in many ways the way that the investigation was run was evidence of the deep state, as Shelby was saying, particularly with the FISA warrants that were got uh, that they got on Carter Page using the Democratic dossier. So I have issues with the investigation, to be sure. But the statement yesterday was a reminder that this is a fact-finding investigation. It's not a partisan investigation. And that ultimate report is going to be what needs to be analyzed, as opposed to these uh, leaks that are coming out of the investigation and then turn out to be bogus. You know, the problem with, and it's not a problem for those who don't have the time to follow it, nor the understanding 
understand the different investigations and the different allegations. The problem is, in investigations like this, the real things that matter get lost on the American people. These are the things that they will remember about this investigation. Yep. They're not just going to say BuzzFeed. The liberal media lied on the president. They knew they were lying. And Mueller had to step in as an adult and push back on it. That's what they yeah. remember. I think at the end of the day, let's say this leads to an impeachment one way or the other. The one thing that we have saving our nation, regardless of the investigation went well or didn't go well, is that you can't impeach if you don't have the backing of the people behind you. And I think at this point, Trump could have probably may have done the most horrific things, but the American people just are so fed up with everybody else that I don't think it can go anywhere. If you don't have the support of the people, it's only going to hurt the people that keep pushing impeachment. And it's sad because if he did do something wrong, it's done nothing but make all Americans just more upset with the system and not with the man. You know, I do find it interesting with the New York Times, they never really go with these stories. For some reason, they hold back. And they have done stories like on Clinton and uranium that would have shocked you. They put these stories out there. It seems as though they wrestle to try to protect their integrity. But I saw Jill Aberson, a piece she wrote, uh, that the New York Times and Washington Post and all the mainstream media have built such a hatred and dislike towards this president that they cannot even objectively do their jobs. Well, I think she has a point when you look at the long list of these types of rush stories that have gone corrected, whether it's CNN claiming that Don Jr. had advanced access to WikiLeaks documents, or if it's Reuters claiming that Mueller was investigating the Trump family's Deutsche Bank records. There's so many stories that seem to indicate that these people are willing to run with sources that may not be the most credible because they're interested in in one case, being the first of the story. In the second case, trying to undermine the office of the presidency. Um, so you have to question, what is the motivation behind uh, running these poorly sourced stories? What is the motivation uh, behind the fact that all of them seem to go against the president? You don't see news outlets correcting stories that are favorable to the president. It always goes in one direction. Um, you know, I must tell you, um, Shelby is also an indictment of how corrupt our legal system has become. Because all Absolutely. these news organizations have legal departments. That they, even in my businesses and our stations, when we have stories of this magnitude, it must go to our legal department. And it has to pass muster. But if you have a bias, and you're not objective any longer, and you think that your newsroom wants you to send back not what you think is legal, moral, and ethical, but what is politically expedient, sometimes that's what you send back. Oh, absolutely. I, I've said this time and time again. The, what you're paying for, for the most part, when you go to law school is learning how to think objectively, to put your emotions to the side and put on the hat of objectivity and do what you're supposed to do, whether you're representing a newspaper or a client in a divorce case. Your job is to, yes, advocate but to do so within the confines of the law. And you're even starting to see this change within law school curriculum themselves. I've seen multiple course books now within first and second year law programs where they're focused on 
the social justice side of law school and the emotional appeal of what a lawyer means. That's not what being a lawyer is. It is to be objective, and this is why we're the most hated people in America, because we're the ones that are supposed to not care about your feelings and do what we're supposed to do. And it, it's quite disturbing, but I also think it goes right back to what the American people have been frustrated about for at least 10, 20 years now. They do not trust anything happening here in Washington, D.C., and this just keeps proving it. This is why newspapers are basically going out of existence. Nobody trusts anybody anymore, and it's our own fault. Emma, I'm just scratching myself trying to figure out how, is, how can it get better? Yeah, I ask myself that question all the time, and the answer is I don't really know. I mean, newsrooms, for one, probably need to hire people who uh, have more intellectual diversity in their newsrooms to make sure that, I mean, if something like this came across my desk, I would be hugely skeptical from the get-go. And my concern is that because a lot of the, the news media does identify as democratic, as liberal, uh, they see something that they want to be true, and so they assume that it must be <coughs> true. And then uh, getting back to this federal, uh, the legal system corruption, you have reporters who are in bed with the justice system. A Kendallanian, who is a reporter for NBC now, was sending his stories to the CIA for approval. I mean, in no world is that considered ethical journalism. Shocking. <laughs> you know, we cannot um, wrap this Armstrong Williams show in the strong cast without giving examples. There's still people in the media and in the legal profession that do fight to get it right. And sometimes, those stories don't get the attention because that's what people expect you to do. They expect you to be honorable. They expect you to have integrity. You know, the American people are really at a crossroads because many Americans on the left or the right feel the way they feel based on what the media tells them, based on what their party that they pledged allegiance to tells them. No one is really, it's not really independent thinking, independent research where you come to your own clues. Inclusion. Many of these people are used as pawns and red meat for their agenda, the larger agenda. And democracy dies as a result. Absolutely. We're, we're so focused here in society around, for example, Facebook and social media and what the Russians did to influence our elections. But I think, if anything, we need to be much more concerned about what our American journalists are doing to influence our elections. They're not giving objective analysis and facts so the American people can analyze those facts and make their own conclusions. This is... This is more, better. This is done much better than what the Russians ever did in their own country with uh, government-run media. We've done it to ourselves. It's actually quite terrifying because there's no government forcing them to do it. This is just the system saying we'd rather be in bed with the same government we're trying to shine light on than actually be the journalists that we're supposed to be. What do you say to someone as we wrap this edition of the Armstrong Williams Show on Strong Cats? When they, I mean, you look at. CNN, MSNBC, Fox, they're all the same. I mean, how do people, where do, someone asked me this, where do we go to find media that's objective, that's not biased, that we can trust, and we feel we're not being manipulated for a larger agenda? Where do people go? Where, where does it I exist? You have to go everywhere, because I think the problem is, is that you have to assume that what you're reading is probably biased, and the best thing to do is get your news from multiple different perspectives and reach your own conclusion rather than relying on someone else to tell you what to think. I mean, let me follow this up. Sure. With what you just said. <laughs> but does bias mean that it's untrue, not factual, 
and there's a lie. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that, and that's the problem, and that's why it's hard to see bias. Bias can be very hidden, and the bias is about the angle of a story, what stories news outlets choose to cover. It's not just factual inaccuracies. That's why it's so important to make sure that you're reading multiple sources to get your news. Shelby? I would add on to that, too, is also make sure that you're reading news outlets more from your local community or at the state level and not just going to national NBC affiliate or Fox News or CNN. Because a lot of the time in my work when I travel to the states, you tend to see when you're further removed from D.C. and you're in the real world, you have people that are more committed to the principles of what they're there to be doing, whether it's in the legal profession or whether it's a journalist themselves. They're actually concerned about things like corruption and what's happening at the state level and what's happening in their politics. When you get closer and closer to D.C., these people may be in competing corporations, but they all go to the same cocktail parties afterwards. And finally, um, this to me is what's most disappointing in human beings, journalists, the medical community, is that when your subordinates make colossal mistakes, you don't double down, especially with BuzzFeed. You have one reporter saying one thing on MSNBC and totally contradicting it on CNN. You're going to say that your facts are more um, credible than the legal counsel office, the special counsel's office that's investigating this. I mean, once the special counsel says to you, this is not accurate, you don't double down and say, I stand by my story, because <laughs> nobody's going to believe you. Right. This is the special counsel, which is something that is rare. To me, that is what's most disheartening about this, the, the willingness to say, um, we made a colossal mistake here. We owe the American people an apology. We're going to have to suffer the consequences. You just don't double down. No, and I think it's because news outlets get away with it. No one holds them accountable. I mean, look at CNN and their Trump Tower story. Lanny Davis, Michael Cohen's lawyer, disputed the entire facts of the story, and they still haven't issued a correction or a retraction on that. It, and they're still operating just like they did before. There's never any consequences or accountability for these outlets that make these mistakes, so they have no choice but to double down. And the reason why they double down it's not just the reporters, it's management and the ownership level that is aware of this story. And they all were aware and they wanted it to go forward. Absolutely. And I think people are very well aware of the fact, too, that Americans have a very short attention span, right? Like you said, um, two weeks ago it was a caravan and now we're talking about this. Our, our, time, our ability to pay attention is very short. So I think when they make the calculation, it's okay, we can run with the story, we can damage whomever we're trying to damage, but by the time it gets back that we screwed up, Americans will be focused on the next thing and we'll distract with a new thing and it won't matter. And I think that routine is becoming more and more and more apparent. Yesterday we were talking about Nancy not being able to get on a plane. Today this is the leading news story. You know, I always say this. Um, this is why I'm so appreciative to my parents and my mentors and my own spiritual growth. There's never a reason to lie. Because if you can't tell the truth, say nothing. You should never lie. Because j just when you think you have the perfect plan, the perfect story, there are things about the truth that you cannot even conceive because it has a biological advantage. It doesn't need the artifice of man to survive. It lives and breathes freely on its own. And the shocking truth came from the special counsel's office itself.
that no one was prepared for. And that's the beauty of that there's a higher purpose, there's a higher good, a check and balance. And it reminds the American people that goodness still exists in the world. Even sometimes we forget about it. What the special counsel did, and I'm sure it took a high bar for him to do that. I'm sure there were those that did not oh, want yeah, it to. Absolutely. But oh, you yeah. know yeah. Mueller mm -hmm. himself was involved in this decision. Yeah, and he'll probably be the person that they're attacking and vilifying next week, right? Yeah. He was exactly. someone's a savior one week, and then when they yeah. stand up, they'll now But in this villain. instance, there's no question that he showed his hand yes. of integrity and trustworthiness when it comes to investigating the office of the President of the United States. And we should all learn that lesson. We should never be a part of a cover-up. No matter how much we despise someone, no matter how much we feel about them, our nation is a nation of, of rule of laws. And we're all innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely. That's why we have courts of laws and we have investigations. So I am just, I'm gonna take the good news from this. I'm reminded that maybe I need to trust the special counsel a little more. Maybe he's not as uh, biased as many people portray him to be. And so that's the lesson for me. I hope you take a lesson from the strong cast. Amber, Shelby, you guys have never been better than Thank today. You. I Thank appreciate you, you so both. Much. You've never been better <laughs> because you know what? We all agree. Integrity, ethics, and striving to do good, and not only earning the trust of the American people, but maintaining it. Good day, everyone, from this edition of the Armstrong Williams Show and our strong cast.